On February 4th, our friend Dabs Wellington is hosting a welding competition at American Welding Academy that is a huge benefit to high school seniors. The pipe welding scholarship, what kind of things could that open up for you in the future? What kind of value is this going to add to people's lives? Well, I can speak from a place of value because I didn't go to a welding school. Being self-taught, I got into the welding industry at just about a dollar over minimum wage. Depending on where you're living in Missouri, I don't even know what minimum wage is right now, but I know you can work at McDonald's for $15 an hour. I started my welding career at $7.30. That was now 20 years ago. But if you look back, journeyman wages and stuff like that years ago were still even an hour. You can't get journeyman jobs unless you've got uh, journeyman skills. I did not have those skills when I entered industry. Our students do. What does that mean for our students? That means versus minimum wage, majority of our students can earn six figures in their first year. So these AWS and ASME recognized qualifications are what jobs are asking for students to drive across the country and be able to test out on. They're not going to take your word for it. They need some paper trails to prove your level of equivalency. And that's exactly what these certifications are doing to where these employers know before these students ever hop in their trucks and drive across the country that they're going to most likely pass that test and be able to gain employment at a much higher level than I was able to as an 18 or 19 year old man because they have got some proof of what they're capable of. Currently, I hold one stick cert, but other than that, if it was not for Instagram and people seeing what I'm capable of on paper, I'm a joke. You know, it's, it's completely true. Most of these students leave here and would go to the top of a stack of applications where I would be buried at the bottom because I don't have a lot to show physically. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. One of my favorite things about welding and music are the connections you make that lead to lasting friendships. I met Rob Linus at the Power and Sound Revival Music Festival we both played last year. And when watching his set, he talked to the crowd in between songs about his life as a welder before he went full time with music. He joined me on the podcast last year and I thought it was about time to check in with him and see what he was up to. We talk about the parallels between the welding and music world, the importance of making connections in both fields, and the responsibility you have as a musician to be open and honest with your audience and staying true to your craft. One of our good friends, Rob, he's back here on the podcast again. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience just in case people didn't hear the last one? Sure. Konnichiwa, fellow welders and rough mother truckers. My name is Rob Linus, former welder current musician. If you've never caught a show, Rob, you have a way of just entertaining a crowd. It's a spectacle to see. You got to go check them out. And your lyrics have a lot to do with welding. Plus, you have a new song that I saw, like a reel or a live view. It was about welding. Yeah, I was I was working in a power plant in Brooklyn for about three weeks. And I was kind of in the hotel room one night and I started jotting it down. I was like, yeah, this is a pretty good representation of a traveling welder's life. Some of it's fictional and um, it's pretty spot on. But, yeah, I'm excited about that one. I got 12 songs. We kind of go through them, pick 10, maybe even have more on the new record, which hopefully we'll be able to track in March. But, yeah. So traveling welder to traveling musician, what are some of the similarities that you see between the two? Similarities would be you meet a lot of new people. You are always seeing new places. It never really gets dull. I mean, I've done a lot of shop jobs too, which are great if you have a family or significant other or whatever and that's great and all but it definitely keeps it fresh and 
keeps things a little more entertaining by seeing new places and stuff. With welding, you're generally there. Everyone's probably listening anywhere from a week to a few months. For music, you're generally there for a night. (laughs) If that. Yeah. If that. So, I mean, you're never really getting to explore. Welding-wise, I notice you could have more of a life and explore the area if you have any downtime. Music is just go all the time. Similarities to seeing new places, meet new people. Which one's more fun? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I, honestly, I, I love that life too. It was definitely pretty fun. They both obviously have their pros and their cons. And I noticed welding, I actually probably get more rest than I do when I'm, I'm, I'm touring. <laughs> you're mostly you're driving or someone else is driving. Or you have a driver. You just sleep as much as you can when you can. With welding, I was a little more disciplined, I'd say, and you just have more of a routine. That's the hardest thing about touring finding a routine so this year i'm really working on that getting that dialed into where i feel a little more comfortable and take care of your body a little bit better yeah so just eating you can eating whatever you can but, that liquid diet that liquid yeah, road diet yeah it's not sustainable that's like a similarity between music and welders like musicians you're chugging some energy drinks whenever you can to just keep the energy right. going and welders are known for indulging in the energy drinks as well yeah because i can drink whiskey and you know ocean won't let you drink whiskey Good yeah job. where's the fun in that so we found the one yeah. that's more fun <laughs> yeah See, the funny thing about touring is that tuesday to sunday most of the big tours and your, your mondays are off but these people whether it be a small town or whatever that's like their thing that they're doing that week so they're ramped up they're yeah. excited they're ready to party and I think a lot of people don't think about the fact that I got to do that every night. Yeah. So I'm getting to the point now where I'm picking and choosing the nights that I want to really let loose and then have a good time because ultimately it's a job. So finding the balance, I think, is key. But I guess that's the benefit. Yeah. Chuck Mountain, we're focusing this year trying to just treat it like a business. Exactly. I feel like you're not going to find success in music until you start treating it. It's like, this is my whole business. This is how we operate. These are the operating procedures. It's like you go to yeah, weld something, sure. you have a procedure to follow. You go to play a gig, here's the procedures, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it correlates that well for sure. If you're taking it seriously now, at the point where it's well sustainable living for me and you know you gotta pick and choose your nights and go into it with a professional mindset even though it is and can be very fun and that kind of we were chatting a little bit before about was there a moment that you were just looking at your life and you're like you know what welding it's not me i'm gonna do music what was the transition like what what made the big pivot in your life man i mean honestly it was uh it kind of just started developing i was working for a contractor for the oil rigs when i first started welding i was building catalytic converters and then got a job working in the shop fabricating all the structures that go on the oil rigs and so i would start going to open mic nights and this is playing guitar had been part of my life since i was a teenager and then it developed and like well i'm gonna write songs and i went on a date with a girl and played her this guitar lick when i brought her back home she said don't you sing and like, well, no, I never tried. And then I realized that maybe I should learn how to sing because most chicks don't really care about your sweet licks. Yeah, man. It's all a sweet pentatonic yeah. scale, but can you yeah, sing? Real, real, <laughs> yeah, real cool, dude. So then, I, you know, that, I just thought that was funny. But yeah, I always wanted to try to sing and started songwriting and you'd do open mics and it went over pretty well. And then I haven't really been playing music as a job for too long. And the first, first two years, three years, it wasn't really a job. 
and it just slowly developed into that and it wasn't anything i had anything against welding i think at the time i realized if i don't do this now it's going to be a lot harder if i don't ever just try it but it wasn't just cut dry cold turkey nothing it'll work for a contractor they fabricated it was living in los angeles at the time and we were fabricating art pieces and then really got in to more stuff into the contractor. So I was doing all kinds of stuff, learned a lot. And then one day it just took off. The more I started touring, I realized I couldn't do both and made a decision and cut down expenses and overhead as far as living situations and all that. And then, yeah, broke it into whatever little shit it is now, I guess. (laughs) Well, I think it's really easy to try to downplay your success to yourself, but you're out there playing with some big names, man, and you're out there doing it the biggest key to success is consistency and you are consistently out there doing it. So I applaud for you sure. for that. Man. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I don't have a family. Um, I don't have anything really holding me back that way and dedicate majority of my time to that craft and always planning, always pushing, just always trying to get better, write a better song, get better at guitar, whatever, be more efficient on the road. Like I was talking about schedule and just trying to figure it out. And I always say that welding and music, they are super, super similar just trades. You make your own success in both. No one's going to teach you how to (laughs) write a song. And also, like, no one's going to be able to teach you how to do a specific weld exactly how you're going to do it the rest of your life. You have to figure it out. Like, you have to find it. That's just one thing I... When we were talking at the festival we played at last year, I was just like, it was so exciting to talk to someone else that knows about welding, too. Like, being a musician and people like, oh, what'd you do before? It's uh, welding. And they're like, oh, it's cool when you meet people. You probably meet more people on the road just out touring. You probably meet a lot of welders. Yeah, for sure. And I wrote... That song, Blue Collar, has a little bit about welding in it. And I just, this is a part of my life, just thinking about things that are true and write about things that are true to you. And more and more people were like, man, that's not, I'm a welder, blah, blah, blah. And you don't realize it's not really sometimes your first start of the conversation. Yeah. Um, but I realized how many people were listening. And that was a demographic I think music is all about. If you're a storyteller, how someone can relate to your life experience and maybe they have something very similar to their own on this next record there will be some more songs about welding and new car stuff and because you, people can relate to that it's just every everyday stuff i would love to write that song by nickelback rockstar if that was my <laughs> life but no one would really be able to relate to it no common person but that being a musician, I don't get to have this conversation that often as from the songwriter to songwriter. I write a lot yeah. of songs. I love like I, I love writing songs and it's like a, another job of mine I have is writing. And it is such a weird experience being a songwriter because you're just like, yeah. all right, I'm going to just hope like you're constantly either trying to chase down something that came to mind or you're trying to just pull something out of your butt. Yeah. This is something I think would be cool. And then you're just like searching for stuff. And that is the aspect of welding I like is that there's not uncertainty. You know, it's like there's one way to do something. And if you do right. it, it's, you, you know what you're going to get out of it. But songwriting, inspiration, if you're fabricating something, you're going to have to have inspiration and creativity. But if you're just showing up for, for sure. doing the same welds every day. Like a pipe job or something. Yeah. Like, you're not really seeking inspiration out there. Yeah, and everyone's got a little bit of a, a different style, like heat fluctuation and, and how you approach something. And it's the same thing with a song. You generally approach it 
some similar way as somebody else, but you, your style comes out in a song as well. I mean, I guess welding not as much because it's pretty cut right. and dry. You can but tell you know, people's welds, you know, like they, they develop yeah. a specific style, but I know what you're talking right. about. Yeah, this is all that undertop. Oh, yeah. that's Joe's. Yeah, that's Joe's. <laughs> That's Joe's signature move right there. Yeah. We call him the undercut king. Why does this guy not use any bridges in his song? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's that undercut's translating right over there. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yep. That's funny. And then as far as, I think we might have talked about this already, the heat. It's like the heat from welding. Do you think that prepared you for your life in the sun? <laughs> yeah, playing these like outdoor, just like uh, hot as balls, like middle of summer, just like no tarp, not a cloud in the sky, but you got to play an hour and a half gig. No, yeah, I never really thought about that. I was watching Hayes Carl not too long ago, and he said something pretty funny. He's like, "Well, nowadays, one of the most important things to me when I'm playing a gig is shade." And I was like, yeah. Yeah, bro. We, just, yeah, we played in Texas mid-summer, like right outside of Austin, opening for Dwight. And oh, like, we had to get those space blankets while we were sound checking. Had to cover everything up. Everything just melted. And it, was, it was brutal, honestly. I mean, that, those kind of shows are, are pretty brutal. Because you're slipping all over your guitar. I sweat so much that it interfered with the pickups. And the guitar completely stopped working. So, Oh, dried God. out the next day. That's crazy, man. So no, I don't think it will help you compare it to that. <laughs> yeah, it didn't help at all. It didn't help at all. The only similarity is just lots of sweat. I believe that your work ethic from welding translated over to your music career because you get up, you do your job every day, you know, and that's something that welding teaches people that a lot of other careers aren't going to give you. It's like you have to be a very sure. disciplined. Did welding prepare you with the discipline that it's helped you in your success? Yeah, I think diligence, practice, repetition, you know, they always say the 10,000 hours thing, you know, not, there are a lot of welders that are just naturally gifted. And I had to work at it a little bit, and I still wasn't as good as I wanted to be. And same with music. You wake up, you practice, you, and with being a live musician, I notice I get rusty even with just talking to the crowd. Yeah. Or, just playing in general, it's, you can sit on your ass and play your guitar all day, or you can sit in the shop and weld all day on plates or pipe or whatever. Once you get out there and you're dropping pipes down on cranes, you got to level it up and get it going. It's a totally different game, and you can get rusty at all that, too. So it, there's parallels for sure. I just had something, and it flew away. It flew away. I had the perfect question. It's gone now. It was... She gone. She gone. She gone. gone. Maybe we'll come back to you. In your travels, like either welding or music, because you've traveled a lot, where are some of your favorite places that you never knew of until you were out on the road? As far as welding-wise? Either way. No, just like favorite places that your career, spanning your career in welding and your career in music, like one place... It was like just outside of Monterey, but I stayed on this cattle ranch. It was the like Diamond D cattle ranch because I was playing a gig at the local tavern and they just had me come Mm. out there. But I saw, I would have never in a million years found this place, but it was like one of the most beautiful ranches I've ever like just seen. It's like moments like that. Like what, what is your life just traveling in general? Like where have some of the places been that surprised you the most? And you're just like, wow, I can't believe I'm witnessing this. Yeah. 
far as welding, I'd never been out of the country at that time. We did a lot of we did a lot of Mexico places that you wouldn't go to yeah. <laughs> and probably shouldn't. We shouldn't have been there, but we were there. The South America was really cool. I can't even with music. I, I'm not I'm not sure if I would ever go to Colombia, you know. And then as far as music, I have an opportunity I can't really talk about. You and I have talked about it briefly, but going overseas and going to places where you would never just go on your own. But yeah. th- seeing a lot of places in the States, especially in your travels, on the road, driving, you watch the geography in our country change in a day. You're going through the desert, then you're in the mountains, and you're next to an ocean, either on the Atlantic, or just seeing and seeing how beautiful our country actually is from interstate. And I think that's probably the coolest thing. The little podunk towns and seeing the similarities, and you could be 1,500 miles away, and you're like, holy shit, this looks like Maine, <laughs> or whatever. Like parts of Maine look like Northern California just with the big trees and the rolling hills and all that places in Kentucky and in the Southeast and stuff that even being from Georgia, being so close to there, you just never really went or had a reason to rather. I think that's the coolest thing about music is going places that you just wouldn't pack your rig up and drive out there. Yeah. And that's like where you're at right now. You're talking to me from Arizona. That's some of my favorite parts of the U.S. Like that drive from California. I can't remember. What's the interstate? It's not 40, but it goes south. Is it 25? Uh, 17 is a big one that runs through Arizona. Okay. From north to south. Yeah. Such a beautiful drive. Like it's just crazy. Like in New Mexico, I was born in New Mexico and it wasn't until music that I actually saw right. different parts of it. I was like, holy yeah. cow, like this, yeah. like I, I played in Albuquerque. I was born in Albuquerque and that was like my main view of New Mexico. I was like, this place sucks. Yeah. And then I saw Santa Fe and I, I was like, yeah, this yeah, is I cool. Just there for the first, I, we were just there for the first time and central new mexico you never there's big mountains there with pine trees it almost looked like flagstaff or and i just i drove through new mexico a million times across 40 or 10 and then you go just go to central new mexico and it's totally different landscape it's pretty cool to see that even south dakota like there's a lot of world i mean i've been like two falls and stuff like that but we had a night off and just went to the Badlands and camped out. And then there's the wild buffalo and bighorn sheep just walking around the bus. Just random stuff like that. Parked right on the top of a mountain. That's so cool. Um, that reminds me of like the dudes that chase shutdowns and stuff like that. Did you do yeah. that? Did you ever do that's, that? That's what it was. Yeah, that was my last gig. And during the pandemic, I went back with the company I was working for and worked for about 10 months that I'm doing the same thing. And we were talking about earlier, I still enjoy that. And I gave them five more months, I think, than what they had anticipated. And then I was like, shit's open back up. I got a tour starting in May. And I worked until the very week before I'd leave the tour. And actually left the job early and they flew in another person. But I enjoyed that and was very grateful for the opportunity and still having the skills and connections to have something to rely on. And and we were rolling. There was no, obviously no one saw that shit coming, but people were like, we should have something to fall back on. I'm like, no, that's yeah. a shit fuck attitude. You don't accomplish something with having a plan B. You got to jump in head first, suicide dive, right in the deep end. And I take back really saying that sometimes because I was very fortunate to have welding in my back pocket when the whole damn world was going to shut down. But yeah. I, it, it, Friends, people that don't really know 
exactly like, oh, that's cute. You know, I don't have anything to fall back on because if I had that mentality, I wouldn't achieve anything. Yeah. And the power of connections, like you were saying, just the connections of being able to go back and do that when times were just insane. It's yeah. no could have ever imagined that, but that's like one of your number one things you need to be able to do is make connections and just for sure be open to talk to people. But as a welder, you're constantly trying to make connections. If you're not making connections everywhere you go and telling people you're a welder, you're not doing yourself a service. And oh, I for sure. Feel like my background in music like really helped me on that aspect of even just like helping people who are welders. It's they're like, yeah, I don't know where to go. I just have this one job. It's have you talked to anyone? Have you reached right. out? Have you made connections? Like you got to network yourself. Yeah. Like you got to sell yourself, or you're gonna get sold by someone else. It's really good That's lyric. Right. <laughs> See, you got the one line this time. Oh, that was a Tyler Bryant lyric, but I love it. Oh, okay. gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't listen to it, so I'm not sure what you're talking about, but I liked it a lot. I mean, there's there's a fine line. Self-promotion is a weird thing, and I think being sociable is important for both trades, for sure. Starting out in L.A. kind of on accident while I was there, but there's a fine line between self-promotion and vanity, and I think I had a really hard time with posting stuff on social media or trying to push what I'm doing, and then I realized that it's just, that's the name of the game. That's just what you have to do. But mm -hmm. I never wanted to be look at me kind of deal. And I think that's still. The I'm right there with you, man. Like I'm right there. Are. Like I hate that. I hate it. Like I hate that aspect because it's, you shouldn't feel bad about telling people what you're doing. I struggle with right. the same exact thing. Like I'm terrible at social media and it's all because of my head. It's, no one has ever right. been like, you know what? Stop posting about the thing you love. Stop it. I'm sick yeah, of yeah. seeing this. It's like yeah. we have this like mental goalie in our head. And, nope, not get by me. Yeah, that right. thing. And same thing with well, Weldon too. People right. promote themselves on social media and they're afraid oh, if I post this, people might rip up this weld because it's kind of shitty. That <laughs> stuck it together. You know? you're, yeah, you're, you're vulnerable. And that's the thing is promoting your craft and your art and the way I look at it now, if someone can relate to what you're saying or what you're doing, I think that's the power of it. And having somebody say that they related to your song or um, it helped them in some way you know that's when i realized it's way bigger than your insecurities of promoting yourself it's become a powerful thing to where you can do it for good and i realized i was open for somebody and there's a lot of people in the room and they started bringing politics into it and i was like you know what it doesn't matter what my view is it doesn't matter what the person next to you's view is we're here with one common interest and that's the beauty of it. Who gives a flying shit what your <laughs> political views are? That's not what we're here to do. And I hate using this word, but in a sense, it's like music is a way for all shapes to coexist and uh, forget about all the trials and tribulations that we have in our world. And so that's the way I look at it. It's a powerful thing. And, and I feel yeah. like that's what the world needs right now. Like the world's been crazy for the past couple of years. It's like ever since the thing that shall not be named happened, it's like people lost faith right. in other people. And as a musician myself, I feel it. Like I feel like live shows aren't the same. People are still afraid of each other. And it's the time right now to just try to heal. And that's what music can do for people is just try to heal that barrier in between each other. I feel like everyone's tiptoe and we just got to stop. We just got to get out right. there and do shit. We're all having so much fun and then all this stuff. Just got to get well, there. Yeah, and I don't judge artists for doing this, but I leave my view 
for the most part, you know, we have a responsibility and I get having a platform to say what you need to say and have people agree with you or not agree with you. But I think the biggest problem is people not wanting to hear what the other person has to say and either agree, disagree and all that and just have a common ground or interest because we all have some sort of common interest or things that we like to do. And yeah, I think music is bigger than the individual. And I think that's why it was hard because at first I made it about me or what are people going to think about me or what I'm saying and, and you just got to say what you're feeling because somebody else can really relate. And that vulnerability can really help somebody else. Oh, shit, this dude's feeling the same way I felt or went through a similar situation. And it's more of a responsibility rather than a personal thing. Yeah, and it, it's a hard thing to even take ownership of that. Like, yeah. it's scary to be vulnerable in front of people. Like, that is a skill in itself. It's like letting go of how people are going to perceive this. Doesn't matter because this is how I feel and I'm important too. It's like, right. the way I feel is just as important as this person feels. And that's what I love about welding and music. They're two skills that not everybody can do. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can play guitar. And not everybody can weld. And right. Being skilled tradesmen in the sense of the word, you have a very big responsibility of just going out there and doing what you love, but also just being as honest and open as possible. And I think it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I agree. I went the route of not having a persona or a stage name or, you know, sometimes I feel like that might have been an easier route for me to get over all that kind of stuff and get over the vulnerability of just almost being a character. Yeah. But that's not what I'm doing and it's not as genuine I would say but, you know having a band name or writing about fictional things and stuff like that I think it's important to write about things that are true to you and, and not hide behind a mask which sometimes I wish I could but yeah <laughs> a little fucking late for that yep yep speaking of honesty Here's one question. This is my last question for you today. You have yep. a song called Saturday Night, and not once in the song do you say Saturday Night. You're talking about Friday Night in the song. And this has well, been, it's been like something with the Chuck guys. Like we were just like, we're just like, what is it? Whereas like, I we just had the disconnect. We're like, why is this one called Saturday Night, not Friday Night? That's a great question. Well, in the second verse, so it's it's talking about a Friday night, like a weekend. And yeah. So the first verse says it's Friday night, and then the second verse, if you listen carefully, it says Saturday night. So I'm talking about two different nights. Oh, see, I've never heard the Saturday. I'm always just, I was like, Friday night is very clear. It's just like yeah. Friday night, and we're just like, okay, where's and it, Saturday? <laughs> and it was called Saturday night because that particular weekend, we'll just say Saturday night was quite a bit better. So I named it Saturday night. That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah. But that's still a burning question. I was like, the guys were even like, you got to ask him. You got to talk. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm chatting with him on the podcast again. And I was like, like you got to ask him about Saturday night. And I was like, hey, I will. That's a, that's a great question. Yeah. And uh, coming over names is hard, but like, Saturday night is a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's a good name. Good name for we, a song. We, we cover the entire weekend in that song. Oh, that's awesome, man. I always love chatting with you. And this is going to be coming out. Like pretty early in the month. I don't know if it's going to be early enough to catch the one in North Carolina, but I'll definitely be at the North Carolina, like the Winston Salem show. But tell people about the dates you have coming awesome. up on the books. We got a long run coming up starting in January. First date is in Jackson, Mississippi on January 26th. And then we go across Florida, hit Jacksonville, Florida on Monday the 30th. 
uh, we will be with Mike and the Moon Pies at that point, and we work our way up. So, 1st of February, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, 2nd of February, Winston-Salem. We'll go all the way up to New York, back down, all the way across, ending in Austin, Texas. And then March and April, working on the record. And then May, June, July, we are everywhere. Where can people find all the info about everything Rob Linus? I would say... If it's not already up, roblinus.com, shows slash tours. I'm pretty vocal on the Instagrams. I've got a Twitter twatter that I don't run, but there's information on that if anyone still uses that. But all of that should be on social media as well as Facebook. There's two Rob Linuses on Facebook, one of which is my personal, and the other one is a musician page. It's really lacking on followers, but why don't you all go check that out? Yeah, check it out, y'all. Check it out. Give a man a follow or a yeah, like. I got three followers. What? You're yeah, about to have four mom. right now. There's going to be four in a second. I guess when we get off this call, I can do that. But you'll yeah, have it. Hell yeah. And you're on the Weld app too? The Weld app? Have you heard about the Weld app? Weld.com put out an app. It's called Weld. And uh-huh. it's pretty much like a social media, YouTube, marketplace, job board, everything welding. Like it's nothing but welding. It's a community cool. of welders built by welders for welders. And you should definitely check it out. I'm sure that people That's would awesome. say, hey. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely check that out. I pretty much live in a van. Anytime I do a little welding, I use a friend's welder across the country. Hey, and you can reach out and ask. If you're in an area, just be like, hey, anybody in this area or know someone? Because there's people in there just like asking questions all the time. Just being like, hey, I need to get this done. What do y'all think? Or people like, know anybody anybody in this section or this section of the country? It's actually really cool. I enjoy the Weld app. Dude, I'm glad that we've become friends and it was all because of welding. So you were playing... And then you were like, I'm a welder. I was like, I got to talk to that guy, get him on the podcast. <laughs> nice. And now look at us. What? Not now even a year it. later, we're still chatting about welding. Six, 16 years later. Yep, 16 years later, still out there doing it. Well, well, man, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it too, man. I always love chatting and look forward to the Zoom music. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, shoot me a message on the Weld app and let me know what kind of topics or people you would like me to have on in future episodes. Also, if you're trying to score some new equipment and swag, every month there's a mystery box of surprises given away to a lucky premium member, so make sure you don't miss out. I'm Bo Wigington, and until next week, we'll see you out there.